Sometimes when you meet people and they ask you what you do, when you are in between jobs, that is one of the toughest questions that you can get. You actually feel awkward. Oh, I think what's worse at that point was that I was still in the job, but when people ask me what do I do, I didn't feel proud of what I did. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you create a more fulfilling career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have stepped off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and successfully make a major career pivot. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you take the brave steps needed to relaunch your own career. Today, my guest is going to explain how he relaunched his career from being a hotel lounge pianist to a digital marketer in the pharmaceutical industry. We'll discuss the importance of feeling inspired in your career and why you should pay attention to how you feel when someone asks you, what do you do for a living? Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll address a listener question about how to prioritize your various career interests. Hello again. If you are a longtime listener, you may have noticed it's been a few weeks since the last episode. I've been traveling a bit in Europe the past month, some personal, some work-related, and I also ended up coming down with a really nasty cold. So my voice has been shot the past couple weeks, and I had to take a little hiatus from the podcast. But I'm back now and really excited to introduce you to today's guest, Ray Lim, who started off as a professional musician. At first, he felt like the luckiest guy making a living out of his passion. But four years into his job, he woke up one day and realized he needed to pick up another skill because being a musician was not viable for him in the long run. He ended up picking up digital marketing and fell in love with it. After freelancing for four years, he now works as a digital marketer for a global pharmaceutical company. And on the side, he also runs an online magazine about beauty aesthetics called Fairy Moraine. Now, Ray is someone who reached out to me on Facebook in 2016 when he was in the midst of that career transition, and after we exchanged a few emails, he ended up quitting his job as a professional pianist, and he reconnected with me earlier this year. I thought he had a unique story because he went from doing work aligned with his passions to a path that felt more traditional rather than the other way around. I really think you're going to enjoy hearing about his journey, getting a behind-the-scenes look into the life of a hotel pianist, and learning how to break into the corporate world if you don't have a corporate background. You can get all the show notes from today's episode at careerrelaunch.net slash 42. Ray spoke with me from Singapore. Good evening, Ray, and welcome to Career Relaunch. Good evening, Joseph. How are you? Very well. I'm very excited to hear all about your unique career path, first working as a professional musician and then eventually shifting to working in digital marketing in the corporate world, which is quite the transition. And I was wondering if you could just kick us off by telling us what you're focused on right now in your career and your life. Thank you, Joseph. It is my pleasure to be here. So I'd like to share uh, about two things that is going on in my life right now. So number one is actually my full-time job in an MNC. I'm currently working in a pharmaceutical company. It is a regional role where I take care of the entire marketing production for Asia. So I'm actually handling nine countries. Right now, I have to fly pretty frequently to take care of the marketing. That's my full-time job. For the other thing that I'm doing is actually a little startup that I started last year. It is an online magazine called Fairy Marine. This is a, a beauty aesthetic portal where 
you know, we provide a lot of uh, information about beauty and uh, aesthetics and uh, health and wellness. So that is a startup that I hope to build in the next one year. All right. Well, I want to talk about both of those as we go along here. So it's very interesting that you've got this work you're doing as a digital marketer for the pharmaceutical company there, but also interesting that you've got this beauty startup on the side. So let's talk about both as we go through the conversation. But what I'd love to do first, Ray, is go back in time a little bit, because I know you haven't always been a digital marketer in the pharmaceutical industry. We actually first crossed paths when you sent me a message on Facebook in 2016 after watching my TEDx talk. And I don't know if you remember at the time, but you were about four years into being a hotel lounge pianist. So I was wondering if you could just start us off by telling us a little bit about that chapter of your career when you were a professional pianist, and then we can eventually talk about your current work. Being a professional pianist is it is a very special, important chapter in my life because that was what I started life as, as a professional musician. And when I first started, I was uh, the resident pianist in a very prestigious hotel. I was playing from Monday to Saturday nights. And in the day, I was teaching and playing at other venues in the afternoons. So I was about 23 years old at that time. I was earning very decently and, you know, I was quite in demand. So I thought that I was one of the lucky guys who was making a good living out of his passion. But um, three years into this job and I began to feel very mundane, I began to feel bored and I, I started to question myself, why am I starting to drag my foot to work every evening and then I find myself uh, having the tendency to turn up late and, you know, starting every set late. So I knew something was wrong. So I, I actually saw a counselor and I analyzed two things. Number one, I was doing the same things day in, day out. Even if I was playing different repertoires, it is doing the same, the, the same thing, you know. And then I had no direction. I could not find someone. I could not find a senior musician who is 10, 20 years ahead of me who inspires me. I just wanted to be realistic, not just at that moment, but also 10, 20 years later. I realized that I had no role model that, you know, I could look up to that could inspire me, you know, and I think role model is very important because people can really inspire you, you know, and one of the things was really that I stopped feeling grateful and I began to feel that if I were to carry on like that in this job, I, I would be in peril. So I began to realize that as I grew older, I, I wanted career milestones such as career progression. And I wanted more stability. And, and you know, as a working musician, you can play in the most prestigious uh, venue, but you will always face things like late payment because we are hired as freelancers, so we are not protected by employment laws. So sometimes as freelancers, you end up working for free. Before we get to your transition out of your work as a musician, you're actually the first professional musician I've had on the show. So I was wondering if you could set the stage for us here of your life before you came to this point of realizing that this wasn't what you wanted to do. Can you just explain a little bit more about the hotel you were at and the clientele there? And like, what exactly did you do as a hotel lounge pianist? It is a very prestigious hotel in, in this part of the world. 
is called the, the Raffles Hotel. What was happening in a typical day was I would wake up maybe about 11 a.m. If I was playing in another venue, I would start at about 3 p.m. until 5, and then I would reach the hotel at 6.30, and I would play all the way until 9.30. What sort of songs were you playing? I was trying to play everything, but I was uh, only good in pop and jazz. You know, I was playing, trying to play some classical because Raffles Hotel is a very old hotel. And the kind of clientele who comes in, we do get celebrities. Uh, we get people from all over the world, especially from Europe. Yeah, and then we have a lot of regular guests who are familiar faces. So it is a place where you can see familiar faces all the time. The guests feel at home, and we feel at home when we see them as well. Something I've always wondered about, you know, because I, I can't say that I've had the pleasure of staying at hotels that are fancy enough to have a hotel lounge pianist every time. But when I have seen people like that, I've always wondered, are you reading from notes or are you just playing everything from memory? Like, How do you come up with your playlist? Basically, it is really a very easy job because the hotel doesn't restrict me on my repertoire as long as uh, it sounds good, as long as uh, I get good feedback from the clientele every now and then. Basically, I just play whatever I like. I can read notes, but I prefer to memorize them, and I play by ear most of the time. That is quite the skill. Did you expect that your training as a pianist would take you to eventually become a pianist in a hotel lobby? Yes, I was expecting that when I was in my training because I had a teacher whom I respected. He was a role model when I was 16, 17 years old. The thing they, they say about the law of attraction thing. So I think somehow it brought me there years later, you know. I want to go back to something that you were starting to tell us, which is what made you want to make a change. And I know when we spoke before, you mentioned there were a couple of reasons why you started to think about walking away from music. One was thinking about your future as a musician, which I know you touched on before. Can you just tell us a little bit more about how you thought about your future prospects as a musician and how you realized that that wasn't quite what you wanted? I think the best way to, to look at the future of your career is to see if there is somebody who is 10, 20 years down the road who is like your future, whether that future is the kind of future that you are looking for and whether this person who is 10, 20 years down the road, whether you can see yourself becoming this person. I practically know most of the working musicians over here in Singapore and as well as in the Southeast Asian region. I know the best players, and even if I become the best, I wouldn't like what I'll be doing, you know, because of the kind of lifestyle. You have to stay up late, you have to drink alcohol, you have to, what we call, entertain the guests. You are in a drinking and a smoking environment, which, which is something that I was growing out of. You know, I went through a stage of uh, drinking and, and, and stuff like that, but I was growing out of it because my social circle changed. You know, I was making it people who are in the corporate industry, who, who are very stable, and I see that progress, and it was really meaningful. Yeah, not just people in corporate, but um, I was also mixing with a lot of entrepreneurs at that time. 
Is there any sort of misperception you think that people have or that you had about the life of a musician that very quickly became apparent to you that that's not quite what you wanted? Sometimes when you meet people and they ask you what you do, and I, I came to a point where it felt awkward to me to say, I play the piano at, at the hotel lounge. And, you know, if let's say you are in a networking session, it's just irrelevant to them. Then you can see that they, they, they immediately just lose interest in you. It's like, I think I came across one of your talks. You were saying something like, sometimes uh, when you are in between jobs or when you are quitting a job or you just quit your job, that is one of the toughest questions that you can get. You actually feel awkward. Oh, I think what's worse at that point was that I was still in a job. But when people ask me, what do I do? I didn't feel proud of what I did. When we spoke before, you also mentioned some life considerations related to milestones, which I know you alluded to before. How did you think being a pianist would fit into the milestones that you wanted to cross in your life? One of the milestones that I define is actually progression. If let's say I am three years in this job, am I doing the same things as I was doing three years ago? So if I was doing the same thing, then why am I stagnant? We have to go somewhere else after some time. And I felt that after three years plus in that job, I wasn't getting anywhere. I just can't see myself going anywhere in that, in that vocation, you see. You had also mentioned to me when we spoke before about the importance of age and how as you get older as a musician, that can sometimes affect your prospects. Can you just explain what you meant by that? It is very apparent because as a performing and working musician, you are an entertainer. So as an entertainer, there are other things that is important and it holds a, a stake when people assess whether they want to hire you or not. One of the very important things apart from your musical skills is actually your image. As you get older and people have been seeing you around, sometimes when you get a new management, they come in, they want new things. They want younger people. They want to hear younger songs. Maybe they want a band and they just want um, fresh graduates from the, from the arts college. So as you get older, people may not want to, not want to hire you that enthusiastically. So you're starting to realize that this might not be the future that you want, which I think is when we first connected. What happened next for you? Because I know that you started to take some proactive steps to enable the next chapter of your career. What did you do? Well, I chanced upon a workshop on digital marketing. I went for it. I paid about $4,000 and completed the entire course. I, I liked it very much. And then uh, once, once you like it very much, and, and then, I mean, you, you will just find ways and means to improve. So I started freelancing as a digital marketer, helping businesses uh, generate leads via social media and search engine. So as I, you know, began to be able to make a decent living as a digital marketer, I slowly faded off from the music industry. And at what point did you start to think about moving out of freelance into working full-time? As a freelancer, you are somehow like a musician as well. So you, you are like, you know, responsible for making ends meet. The income is not stable. Clients can don't pay you. They can default on your payment. Clients can be unreasonable. 
So my purpose of going into freelancing as a digital marketer was actually to pick up experience and see where it takes me. So I started to be on the lookout for jobs, apply for jobs via LinkedIn, which is very powerful. I was lucky enough that I was given a job by this company. And then in a matter of three phone calls, I got a job and now I'm more than a month into the job now. How's it going for you so far there in the digital marketing role in the pharmaceutical industry? Okay, over here in a multinational company, it is very different from working in a small business, in an SME, because in an MNC, the overall direction and the branding, what you can do, the boundaries, what you cannot do is set by the head office. Even as a regional marketer, I'm quite on track because I'm lucky enough to have a boss who, who actually cares about making sure I get on the job well. So I would say that I'm very lucky. I think I'm, I'm on the right track and doing well. The last thing I want to ask you before we wrap up here, Ray, is about your transition. Because it's interesting, you are moving from a career as a musician to working in the corporate world. And for... Others out there who are thinking about making that sort of a move, is there something that you learned along the way about what it takes to successfully make this sort of a transition? If you are from an arts background, you want to go to the corporate world, it is really not easy because um, unless you have qualifications that can get you past the qualifications gatekeeper, if they want to bypass this uh, gatekeeper of qualifications, they have to start taking action to freelance and work for small businesses and then just keep going for interviews. Just keep knocking on doors. Yeah, that's a great tip. There are a lot of gatekeepers along the way. And I think that when you're going through a traditional job hunt, those tend to favor traditional candidates. Was there anything about your training as a musician that ended up helping you in some way that was sort of surprising in terms of your training and how it ended up somehow opening up doors for you or paving the way towards your current role? Mm, no, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> okay. Not at all. All right. Yeah, really, really, really. Yeah. It's not that I'm skeptical, but really not at all. Because I remember when I first started to to hunt for, for a job, right? What happened was I, I did have a short snippet about me being a musician and I, I didn't get any response at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know if that's the that's the reason, but the moment I took out, I started getting, you know, I, I, start, I started getting calls for interviews. So, Was that hard at all for you to let go of your past identity as a musician, given that it was so much a part of your life, or was that a fairly easy transition for you? It was hard because you would start thinking about what others would think about you. And then when um, people stop seeing you performing, sometimes they call you up or sometimes you bump into them on the streets. And if you share with them what you are trying to do, they become naysayers. You know, they say, ah, you, you will never be able to make it because of your background. On the practical side, it was hard because of the kind of lifestyle, the difference in the lifestyle that you have in corporate and as compared to being a musician. So as I was saying, being a musician, you wake up, at least 11 a.m., 12 p.m., because you perform late at night. But if you go into the corporate, 
you have to wake up at 7.30 a.m. in the morning, you know? Right. <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, it took me a while to switch my body clock. But I, I was just determined, you know, because I was just weighing. If it's going to take me one year of discomfort for the next 10 years to be more stable, yes, I think it is a good trade-off. So that gets me into my other question before we wrap up with your current project, which is your, your side gig. My other question is about the people who go in the reverse direction from you in their career. So I guess I hear much more about people who are leaving the corporate world to go off and become, I don't know, a musician or an artist or some sort of, you know, to live their dream or whatever. Like, what would you say to those people out there who are thinking about doing the opposite of what you did, leaving the corporate world to pursue fill in the blank, whether it's music or art or anything else that is one of their passions? If they really have clarity to what they are doing, if they are of a matured age, that they have seen enough of the world, you are responsible for yourself. If you really want to go into there, you do not mind the setbacks, you do not mind the instability, then, okay, go ahead. But before you go, make sure you know more musicians, make sure you know more of these people and how their life is, uh, is like. If you are convinced that, yes, uh, you know, these people inspire me. Yeah, and then, let's say you are at 35 years old. You know, look at, some, look at a, a musician in 55, when he's 55 years old now. You know, when you get to 55 years old, is that how you want to be? If that inspires you, great, go ahead. You are responsible for yourself. You know, if you make that choice, make it happen, you get there, you should not have any regrets. Having been through this career change, Ray, what's one thing you've learned about yourself? I learned that I really have to be responsible for whatever that I'm looking for. I don't have to, you know, get the approval of others to whatever that I'm seeing. I don't have to doubt the clarity of my perception because of naysayers. I stopped blaming naysayers for discouraging me because they have not gone through what I've gone through. So they will not understand the underlying motivations of my intention. I want to wrap up, Ray, by talking about your side project, which I know you alluded to at the beginning of this conversation, which is your online magazine, which is Fairy Marine. And can you just tell us a little bit about why you started that and what it's all about? I started this because the beauty scene over here in Asia is growing. So a lot of uh, investment companies, they are pumping in a lot of money into medical aesthetics. So it is an online magazine that I set up and hopefully, you know, I can get involved in, in this industry because I, I also have some uh, interest in, in beauty and wellness. So basically, it's an expression of my passion for digital marketing. Very cool. So if somebody's listening to this and they want to learn a little bit more about your online magazine or if they just want to check it out, where can they go? Okay, they can go to fairymarine.com. All right. Well, we will include a link to your online magazine in the show notes. And I've checked it out. It's very cool. So I would encourage people to, to check that out. And just wanted to thank you, Ray, for telling us more about your life as a, a former professional pianist, your transition into the corporate world, and also all the great lessons you learned along the way. So just wanted to wish you best of luck with your digital marketing role and with your online magazine. Thank you, Joseph. 
So I hope you enjoyed hearing Ray's thoughts on how you can tell when you need to make a change, the importance of role models, and the reason why feeling inspired is so critical. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to address a listener question about prioritization and the risk of pursuing your dreams. Before we get to today's Mental Fuel, I'd like to thank Grasshopper for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Grasshopper is the virtual phone system designed for entrepreneurs and small business owners. It works just like a traditional phone system, but it's all managed online or by phone, so callers can reach you anytime, wherever you are. As a Career Relaunch listener, you can get $50 off your first order. Just go to trygrasshopper.com relaunch. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. So for today's Mental Fuel, I thought I'd address a listener question. This one comes from Daria in the UK, and there's three parts to it, so I'll take them one at a time. The first question is about how to prioritize your interests. Hi, Joseph. Uh, my name is Daria. I guess the main things I would be interested in to hear on the podcast or to know how to prioritize your sort of ideas and different directions. Because I have a few, I always have a few, and I have a difficulty in doing just one thing, and I get bored. And I was wondering how to mix a few things together, uh, how to do it smartly. For instance, I found something where I can be in an office and travel only from time to time. But I, I don't know if I want a sort of five till nine job. So that's basically one thing that I would like to know more about, how to prioritize what should be more important. Well, thank you, Daria, for the question. I guess the way I think about how to prioritize your interests, especially when it comes to making a career decision, is to think about your career in chapters. And as best as you can, think about which chapter you're in at this specific stage in your career and what you want to make sure you get out of this specific chapter. So for example, in this chapter of your career, what might be most important to you is stability, or on the flip side, diversity of projects, or building your reputation, or being in a specific geography. I'm just kind of making those up. I'd try to pinpoint the one thing you absolutely feel you need to get right now in your career in order to eventually get where you want to go. So just to give you a couple examples from my own career, I had a chapter where learning the traditional nuts and bolts of marketing was the most important thing to me rather than the actual product I was marketing. So I decided to work for Clorox, which I knew was a really reputable company in the consumer packaged goods space, even though the products themselves weren't necessarily ones I would say I was quote unquote passionate about. I had another chapter in my career where I wanted to learn more non-traditional marketing tactics, but also reestablish my reputation as a marketer when I moved to London. So I decided to work at Goo, which was a startup company at the time with a lot of traction. So I think it's about being clear about what's most important for you to achieve at this specific stage in your career and trying to ensure you at least have that in your next role. Part two of Daria's question is about energy. The second thing that I'm wondering about is how do you also, you know, uh, whilst you're starting to job hunt or reestablishing your business, you need to be very upbeat, you need to be very energetic. And I used to be like this, for sure. That's my usual personality. However, in the recent two years, it was a really difficult time and I feel really emotionally drained. How to deal with that? I mean, it's been, I took a year out, more or less a year. But I still don't feel particularly ready to get into a, a new job and 
I can maybe, you know, give a really good interview and be a bit for that. But what about all the rest of the <laughs> trial period? I don't know. I don't know if I have a lot of energy to to keep so enthusiastic for so long. And I suppose, I mean, I would be if I found the correct thing to do, the, the thing that I would be sure about that I want, but I'm not sure what I want. Daria, one of the things I hear most often from people is that they're losing enthusiasm for their job hunt or losing energy at their jobs. And so I think there's a couple ways I've dealt with this. For the job hunt, I've actually found that creating a schedule for myself has been helpful. So in other words, defining certain blocks of time in my day or certain days during the week for job hunting activities like networking or polishing up my resume or job applications. Then outside those times, I give myself permission to just recharge and rejuvenate or just do some other things. So committing to a schedule ensures you're doing the work you need to, but also giving yourself a chance to re-energize so that you can show up enthusiastically during those important job interviews or informational interviews. The other thing I'd recommend considering is to take a look at which work activities actually energize you and ensuring that you're getting a chance to spend part of your workday doing work that energizes you. If you can do that, then you don't have to worry as much about having to then recover or recuperate from the work that you're doing. If you want to hear more about this, we actually talked about this specific topic of finding your flow with Zai Devecha in episode eight, which you can find at careerrelaunch.net slash episode eight. The final part of Daria's question relates to following your dreams. What is maybe stopping me from going for my dreams? I think this is an important part of it. I definitely think I have something against going for your dreams necessarily because I've seen so many people around me closely not enjoying what they um, what they finally found on top. So I guess I'm hearing a couple things in there. One is whether following your quote unquote dreams actually ends up turning out as you imagine. And the other is whether you're following the right dream. So a couple thoughts on this one, and I've talked about this in past episodes. I really feel like the term following your dreams is a very high bar. I'd say I probably have more interests than actual dreams, especially when it comes to career topics. But let's say you do have a dream, which is wonderful. If you have a dream, I think it's worth at least dipping your toe in or testing the waters to see if you can make that dream a reality. I talked to so many people who decided to just go for it, not in a reckless way, but in a smart, thoughtful way. And I'd say in most cases, it ends up being quite a messy, unexpected journey that rarely pans out as you imagine it will. But in those cases, most of the people I talk to are actually really glad they tried it. And sometimes, even if it doesn't turn out exactly as you expect, there could still be another end result that makes the journey worth it. My other thought on this is about whether you're following the right dream, which I think is a different question. So I also talk to people who are, to use your words, trying to get to the top. And you're exactly right. They get there and they're not happy with what they find. So I think the best way to avoid this is to take the time to ask yourself why that goal you're trying to achieve is so important to you. And to also ask yourself how achieving that goal is going to serve you, your values, or the people you care about. If you take the time to do this, it doesn't guarantee you're going to climb the right ladder, but at least this way you can be clear with yourself about why you're chasing what you're chasing. That takes me to a quote from Stephen Covey. If the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take 
just gets us to the wrong place faster. So I hope you found that useful, Daria, and thanks again for asking these great questions. So my challenge to you, just to piggyback on Daria's question, is to think about what's most important to you during this next chapter in your career, and to get really clear on that so you can make the right decision about where to go next. To help you with this, I've got a simple worksheet you can download free at careerrelaunch.net slash 42 to help you get started in defining your professional priorities. Now, if you have a question that you'd like me to address on the show or just want to share your own career change situation with others in the listener community, you can leave me a voicemail at careerrelaunch.net slash voicemail. You can also just email me a voice memo from your phone to joseph at careerrelaunch.net. To learn more about our guest, Ray, or to get a summary of all the key points from today's show, you can go to careerrelaunch.net slash 42. Just to let you know, I've got some more travels coming up. I'm going to be in Istanbul, New York City, Vegas, and Portland. So I may need an extra week here or there to get out the next couple episodes, but I will eventually get to them, including our next episode, where I'll be featuring a former buyer in the retail apparel industry who's going to give us a glimpse into what it's been like for her to take a break from the corporate world to figure out her next move she wants to make in her career and life. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for being part of the Career Relaunch community and a special thanks again to Ray Lim for sharing his story with us today. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu and I'll see you next time.